Pandora's Box and the Bible. I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor, and thank you for joining me at Kingdom of the Logos. Recently, I delivered a message on Zechariah 5, and one of my prisoners emailed me a response where they compared the image of a woman being thrown in a basket to the concept of Pandora's Box. And the, the text contains something that is worth a discussion. There certainly is a common thread between Pandora's box and the strange image that we find in Zechariah 5, 5 through 11. In Zechariah, there is a strange image of a woman being placed in a basket and carried away by two other women. Now, this woman in the basket, she's being sent away to be sealed up. This woman sealed in the basket is the physical incarnation of sin and wickedness. And the other two women are the workers of God keeping evil at bay. Naturally, this conversation takes us to a place where we must contemplate evil. Now, the Ten Commandments, when we step back and we look at Scripture as a whole, the Ten Commandments begin with specific rules against idolatry. The God of your life is the source of your morality. Evil wants to trick people into having something other than the creator of the universe at the center of their morality. So let's look at this potential Pandora's box in Zechariah 5. Zechariah 5, 5 reads as follows. Then the angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, Lift your eyes and see what this is that is going out. And I said, What is it? And he said, This is the basket that is going out. And this is their inequity in all the land. And behold, the leaden cover was lifted, and there was a woman sitting in the basket. And he said, This is wickedness. And he thrust her back in the basket and thrust down the leaden weight on its opening. And then I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, two women coming forward. The wind was in their wings, and they had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between the earth and heaven. And then I said to the angel who talked with me, Where are they taking the basket? And he said to me, To the land of Shinar, to build a house for it. And when this is prepared, they will set the basket down there on its base. Pandora's box is this mysterious concept representing a physical item used to contain wickedness. As we just read in Zechariah 5, there is a similar item. It's this basket. And this basket, being carried by these two women, it has the physical incarnation of wickedness inside it. You've got the workers of God taking evil away from the moral center of the people of God and placing it somewhere else that it may be sealed. It's interesting because both in the, the story of Pandora's box and this basket, evil is not actually destroyed, but instead it is sealed away to prevent it from spreading chaos throughout the earth. Both history and scripture teach us that if we do not rule over evil, it will rule over us. For the more evil will come and consume us if we are not careful. So there is unmistakably a parallel between Pandora's box and this basket in Zechariah 5. The lesson we learn from this is that we cannot ignore evil. It must be fought back and it must be contained. Often we trick ourselves into thinking that if we will just erase evil and wickedness, there will be no more. However, it's simply not true. We cannot become delusional in our thinking, and we cannot think that evil is something which can simply be erased. Because evil is always finding new mediums to paint its awful picture with, and we cannot turn a blind eye to that. The reason why it's not so simple to erase evil is because evil is found in the fractured voids of creation, and therefore conquering it is no simple task. Wickedness cannot simply be erased because it is like darkness. It is found in the absence of light and holiness. However, we can contain such things. Evil 
can be contained so long as the people of God are willing to put in the work of containing it. It can be sealed up. People can build up righteous institutions that keep evil at bay. In the case of Zechariah, if the people want to have the temple of God, they want to experience God's holy presence, then they must first confront evil and seal it away. Now let's talk a little bit about how evil actually wants to control people. Because evil cannot control the souls of others without first moving people away from God. It can torment them from outside, and it can make their lives hell. However, it cannot take the soul to hell until that soul has willingly separated itself from God. Hell is eternal separation from God. Evil knows that it can control people if their moral compass is not oriented by God. So what happens when people separate themselves from God? My observation of the world has revealed to me that people do not become godless when they curse God, but instead they make idols. Making an idol is a byproduct of not appropriately positioning God as the center of your morality. Idolatry is not just liking something too much. But instead, idolatry is when you receive moral instruction of what is good and evil from something other than God. Now, regardless of what you say or think, the God of your life is whatever gives you moral instruction. If evil is ever to have a foothold, it must first move a person's moral compass away from God. The Ten Commandments understand this, and their entire structure is built around this premise. Hence, the Ten Commandments start off by telling us who God is, how not to make other gods, and how not to attribute things to the name of God which are not actually of God. God is not the scapegoat for your desires. Now let's talk a bit about evil's game. Because evil does want people to move away from God at the center of their moral compass, but evil is quite tricky in how it goes about this. You would expect that an evil force would simply just want to be the new source of your morality, but this is not necessarily the case. Evil is quite clever in this area. Because evil and dubious things, the diabolical one can win without actually becoming your new idol. You don't have to become a Satan or devil worshiper for evil to win. Evil can win just by convincing you that anything in the universe is the center of your morality other than God. All it has to do is get you to turn from God and then it has won. Let me show you what I'm talking about by going now to the book of Job. The book of Job is a very ancient book and it's structured like a trial. In it, a man named Job is accused by Satan a name meaning the accuser, and God is called the judge whether or not his people can be sincerely righteous or they're just faking it so that they can be paid with nice things in life. Satan, in the story of Job, he does want to make Job suffer, and he also wants to make God admit that righteousness and holiness are fake. Satan, well, he wants Job's corpse, but in order for Satan to win, Job actually has to go along with this. Job has a role he must have played. So what action does Satan need from Job in order for him to have victory? Job is having to defend himself in this court. And what is it that he must do if he wants Satan to win? Let's go to our text and see if we can find out. This is Job chapter 1 verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? 
Have you not put a hedge around him and on his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the works of his hand, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all of this, and he will curse you to your face. And that was from the ESV translation. What is it that Job has to do in order for Satan to win? If we look very carefully at our text, Satan does have an intended behavior that Job must do. Satan has a plan. Job must merely curse God. Does Job have to treat Satan as if he is the new God? No, not at all. All he has to do is curse God. He has to move away from God being the moral center. And if that is what happens, then Satan will win. It doesn't matter where Job's new source of morality comes from. It doesn't matter whether it's Satan or not. It doesn't matter whether he consciously fancies himself a new idol. All of those things, they come down the road. People subconsciously, they find things to be their source of moral good. But as long as he will turn from God and curse him, evil will win. And this is how evil works in our own life. It doesn't have to convince us that it is the new idol. Though a lot of times that happens, and a lot of times people, they will go down the road and they'll find themselves a new idol eventually. But what it must do in the beginning is get people to turn from God. It must convince people that God is not the source of good and evil anymore. It's not the, our, our source of moral guidance. Once we, we look beyond God for some sort of instruction on what is good, again, God is the source of good and evil is that which is in the absence of good. But if God is no longer the source of our instruction, then evil will start its dubious plans. It will, it will win. It will find ways for us to, to be controlled. And this is why we must contain it. As stated earlier, it is not something which can be cut off at the source because its source is like darkness. It's not a thing by itself. It is something found in the absence of something else. Evil is found in the absence of holiness and righteousness. The concept of sealing up evil truly is a powerful image. It takes work to seal something up, and it takes maintenance to keep it contained. The basket housing evil in Zechariah, it is placed in a house. Again, it takes Energy, it takes work, it takes a lot of labor to build a house and keep, keep it up to shape. But this is necessary if evil is to be housed somewhere other than the spiritual center. Again, Jerusalem, it is the spiritual center. You go back to that text in Zechariah, it's sent to Shinar, a place in Babylon. It's sent away from Jerusalem, away from Israel, somewhere other than the people's spiritual center because evil cannot be housed there if you want to go towards God. But let us not be fooled. Sealing away evil is not ignoring it at all. It is a very encumbering task to keep evil sane. To keep it sealed up and contained is something which takes an extreme amount of energy. That being said, we must have a good compass telling us what is good and what is not. Many in our world find their sense of right or wrong from something other than God, who is the creator of the universe. And when this happens, they are no longer equipped to seal evil away. So with that being said, remember to keep God at the center of your life. Again, thank you for joining us. I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor, and thank you for joining our content here at Kingdom of the Logos.